From Bureaucracy's Basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau meet in the sub-sub-basement beneath City Hall to file reports, make recommendations, and attempt to survive on water that drips from the boiler pipes in the back room that falls into our open mouths as we sleep on a bed of dot matrix printer paper. Maybe one day we'll escape from this basement, but until then, this city is not going to improve itself. So, here we stay, improving things. This meeting is now in session. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah? Very good. Yeah, I think I've had a little burst of late, or, you know, late summer, early fall energy. Uh, it, is it the smack? It's, it's the smack. Yeah. 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 Although, yeah. honestly, the smack usually kind of evens me out. So uh, this time it's uh, it's gypsum dust. Oh, yeah. That'll yeah. do it, too. Yeah. 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 Just tell myself it's drugs and it, it the placebo effect does, uh, does a great job. Good thing. There's such a variety of white powders down in the sub-basement. I know. Uh, and I, you know, some of them I reckon, some of them might actually be drugs. I, I don't know. I haven't yeah. like, investigated their chemical properties. So. Well, uh, should we have a meeting? Are you are you in any kind of condition for that? Or yeah, I, I can uh, I can definitely uh, you know I don't I don't need to get my like AI persona. You know, remember when I programmed like an AI to like imitate me and do my yeah, job? Yeah, that was a thrill. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I, I he's powering up right now, so maybe next week. Okay, for next good. meeting, uh, I'll, I'll switch him back on. Uh, but yes, let's let's do a uh, let's do a meeting. But first, okay. we do it. We do an attendance. Yes. Um, yep. And I think, I think this week, I think I nailed it. No. Yeah. I refuse to believe it. Okay. So, no, that's true. Uh, So, uh, first, first attendee as you, you are um, Benjamin Disraeli. That's the name I have. No, not even close. Um, Maybe Mick Jagger. I don't know. I'm just pulling. No. Okay. Yeah. On my name tag every week. Oh, hold on. Hold on. It's upside down. Um, Yeah. Oh, here, let me turn to my desk lamp. Oh, thank you. Oh, 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 now I can see your face too. You're Paul. You're Paul Deshen. I am. Hey, could you have me that mirror over there? Yeah, sure. Here. Thank you. Okay. Ah, I am. Well, it says in the mirror, I'm Nadia Nagram. But if I switch that around, it's Aiden Morgan. That is you. Okay, good, good. All right. So we're both here. Yep. Um... Not sure about quorum. Probably in the ballpark, but I don't think we're there. Also, I've never, never, it's never been made clear to me what quorum is. I always thought it was minimum four. Minimum four. I don't know why. I thought minimum four was like some kind of like Parker board game or perhaps some kind of like Canadian candy bar. Right. Yeah. Mm, Remember you you go to the store, you get yourself a minimum four. From Lowney's. Yeah. Lownies and like you'd snap, you'd snap off like you know, you know it was at least four pieces in in the package. You never knew so, how many it would be in total, but you knew it was at least a, like you get a minimum of four. Yeah. I mean, it it was really it was Lownies candy, so it was really bad. Yeah, but you know, at least at least you knew what you were getting, and maybe even more. Yeah, you know, I, they had another one that I really didn't much care for. It didn't last very long. It was called Not Even Seven Nuts. <laughs> not even seven yeah i mean 
I remember that like to be like three to five at most. Yeah. And you'd be like, just what about seven? And they didn't even like, yeah. they weren't even like candied. They were no. just like some nuts. And they were often just like, it was just like a handful of filberts and some like pocket lint. Yeah. Not even like they wouldn't even yeah. like throw in a cashew. And once yeah. it was just like two raisins. They're yeah. not even nuts. You know, I think the story there was that Mr. Lowney would like come into the factory and he would just like shake out his pockets at the end oh. of the day. And then whatever got packaged from out of his pockets would go into the not even seven nuts bars. Okay. That's, that explains why sometimes yeah. it would be like random like coins, um, sometimes like scraps of paper with phone numbers. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That, that makes I, more sense. I did get a silver dollar once. That was pretty great. Wow. Now, now here, did you ever try and call one of the numbers like on the rare occasion when you got like a scrap of paper with a phone number? I never did. I never had the courage. Oh, well, I tried once, but um, I didn't know the area code. Huh. Uh, I mean, I was only seven years old. And uh, yeah. Huh. So I, I just ended up phoning people in the neighborhood. Right. Yeah. Never got, never got, just, never got to find out what Mr. Lowney wanted to call people about. And now we'll never know. Now we'll long, never know. Long past is Mr. Lowney. That's true. That's true. Yep. He went, he went up Mount Everest and never came down again. Yeah. I hear, I hear that he's now like his, his ghost is actually the abominable snowman. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huh. This is, my, uh, this is what I hear. Just going up and down from the summit of Everest, shaking out whatever's in his pockets. That's right. Yeah, leaving leaving a trail of like lint and nuts behind him. Right. R.I.P. Pour one out for Mr. Lowney. Pour one out for Mr. Pour pour out pour out some nuts for Mr. Lowney. That's that's what that's what this uh, meeting is going to be all about in honor of Mr. Lowney's nuts. Moving on to actual city topics. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wanted to do one thing, uh, just a little follow up to last week's meeting, where the first half was dedicated to what we have come to call the Shabackle. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the continuing adventures slash misadventures of Councillor Trina Shaw. And uh, one of the things, I, and I was talking with someone, um, mm -hmm. not to break kayfabe here, but I was talking with my partner. And my partner uh, mentioned the following. He said that one of the things that Shaw said was that, you know, people know, like, who she is. Mm -hmm. And that and that she's apologized yeah. for things in past. And but it occurred to me that she hasn't apologized for any of the things that are under discussion now, really. So does she think that because she's apologized for other things, well, apologies for unknown things which we did, which we don't even hear about, does that constitute in her mind an apology now? I, I'm just I'm I've been trying to figure this one out. I mean, she has said things. But they haven't really risen to the level of, I'm sorry I did that and I will do better. Could it could it be down to, in Shaw's mind, mm -hmm. that an apology isn't a thing you do. It is just simply a state of being. That yeah. you are, you have an apologetic mien. And oh, nice. That, uh, that covers it. It's just a blanket. All time. Yeah. So it's a state of being. It's just a, like a blanket ongoing spiritual coverage right right so she has it's like insurance yeah <laughs> the, the, the greatest insurance policy and it's totally free because yeah. you know you know because it costs you nothing to like yeah. say what you want and then say i don't have to apologize for it so you know if you could take out insurance for whatever crazy 
comes out of your mouth. I like right. I think it's all by some of that. But uh, but it strikes me is like I don't know. You ever you ever have a roommate? You've you've had roommates. Yep. And you know you you do that thing where you divvy up you divvy up the duties like into like you know food and dishes and whatnot. Yeah. And you I've, have a roommate yeah. who would no. <laughs> but you never <laughs> I've, did those had, I've had terrible roommates. <laughs> me too. Me too. I've been a terrible roommate. I've yeah. had terrible roommates. Uh, it's it's a thing. Um, but it's one of those things where they'll claim that they've done various chores around the, the apartment, but you never see them do it and they don't seem to ever be done. But they're always saying, no, I did this that one time. And what they they mean is that they put a plate on the counter once. Yeah. And as far as they're concerned, that is like a token act done, you know, with no, with no one around to see anyway. Yeah. Uh, and that therefore they are exempt from from all future acts uh yeah it's it's like chores are a ritual not so much a task that needs doing right right yeah Uh, and if you just observe the ritual of saying you've done the chores or having done like one ritual chore you know as a sacrifice to the chore god then then it magically extends all chore duties into the future and nullifies so yeah so that's what i think is going on here yeah i think i think you might be right and your partner might be right so but what that means really is that, you know, if if what people want from Councillor Shaw is a genuine apology, like that includes an act, actual self-reflection, reckoning and a commitment to do better. I don't think we're going to get that. I just I just don't see that happening. Like not yeah. one that, that feels really meaningful. Yeah. Although I'm sure she will do better, at least for a time, because, you know, she understands her consequences. For, for actions. So I do wonder too about uh, like how this period of city council is going to be remembered. Like, will it has, has, has Shaw basically become the Fonzie of this council, right? Like mayor oh. masters came in uh, the Richie Cunningham, uh, right. fresh faced new, had a lot of, you know, get up and go, wanted to get stuff done up on uh, Blueberry Hill. I don't know. Yeah, one of those. Yeah. Wants to find some thrills on Blueberry Hill. Right. And then, you know, the Fonzie comes in, Councillor Shaw, and uh, can make the uh, the jukebox turn on with just like, you know, the power of her mouth. That's <laughs> and <laughs> just just offend and insult the jukebox or just yeah. ask questions about the jukebox. Yeah. Yeah. And as a consequence, like the show just has basically become the uh, the Shawzi show. The Shazi show. Yeah. The show. Yeah. That's, I think that's it. Um, yeah. You're right. You're right. Like, like, uh, like a lot of those shows that jump the shark, yeah, it just becomes dominated by, by the character that takes up all the oxygen. And that maybe, case, maybe that's what she needs to do. Like, instead of an apology, maybe she needs to hmm. do like a really fantastic, uh, you know, stunt right before the summer hiatus just to keep us all like enthralled. Right. Yeah. yeah, jump, jump, jump a shark, or you know, on jet, on uh, yeah. water skis, motorcycle um, over some buses, motorcycle over some buses. Uh, oh, maybe, uh, maybe jump over the Grand Canyon in, yeah. in, a, in a motorbike, uh, or, 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 or fence, or fence a uh, a, a snotty French guy and make him say Uncle Sam. Right. That, yeah. I don't know if you recall that particular episode. I do actually remember it. Yeah. 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 Also, um, fighting an alien with the power of her thumb. Oh wow, that's that's a deep cut, man. I, th- I think I think uh, we should probably we probably need to do is do like a deeper mapping of 
of counselors to Happy Days characters. Because we've done this before, back when Hawkins was the Fonzie. Yeah. But he's no longer the, I don't know what he is. Is he the Potsy? Shudder to think. I don't even know. No, he's definitely not the Potsy. That would, geez, one, like, who would it be? I don't know. Like, oh, sings well, Mm -hmm. eats a lot of food, doesn't really have much of a character beyond that. I think we're talking mole. Yeah, maybe. That's possible, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, and I think uh, Mancinelli would be like a great sort of like, if you put him in like a motorcycle jacket, like a real, like, straight up 50s greaser motorcycle jacket yep. a he'd look badass we, yeah. all, we all know that uh but b he'd like make a great sort of um leather tuscadero. tuscadero that's yeah. took the words out of my mouth i was gonna say mancinelli for tuscadero absolutely yeah. and yeah. somebody's got to be jenny piccolo but you know, that's a whole yeah. discussion i love this yeah. I know, me too. I, I'm going to say that uh, Mayor Masters right now is Richie's older brother. Who oh, walked oh, oh, that's a burn. Chet? <laughs> Chet, that's it. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's actually, that's actually sounds cruel. I just, I just like, I just had to put her somewhere. I, I, I had to assign her. Like, yeah. okay. Oh, she could be like one of the parents. There we go. And I don't wow. even know about Joni and Chachi. That's, that's a whole other, man, so many questions. We, we should probably work this all out in more detail. I, I think for we should, our next yes. meeting. Yeah. yeah. And, and if any listeners want to weigh in, uh, let us know uh, on uh, reply to us on our Twitter handle, Queen City IB, and let yeah. us know which Happy Days character matches which Queen City counselor. On that note, we're on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We're the Queen City Improvement Bureau, and we're talking Happy Days. Sit on it. Um, speaking of old things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no. Okay. The uh the library is oh. uh in some flux again. It is. It's it's fluxing in yeah. and out of existence. Yeah. Uh Schrondinger's central branch, basically, is what we've got <laughs> going on. Very nice. Yeah. The um at the last executive committee meeting, the uh, RPL board chair, Sean Quinlan, and the RPL CEO, Jeff Barber, made a presentation. And I don't think it should come as any surprise that they were ta- they, when they said they were going to talk about the central branch, that they were coming to tell everybody that the RPL board wants to tear the sucker down mm. and build a brand new central branch. Yep. And people are not too happy about this. People who care about the library um the uh, you know the friends of the regina public library is a local activist group of people who like advocate for the library totally predates me and Mm. the whole saga of like uh, when the entire library system was under like threat where like branches were going to get closed uh there was like this whole you know push for contraction of the uh, library's resources i yeah i i didn't live through all of that but People were very clearly traumatized by this, that the Friends of the Regina Public Library is still a going concern. And they still, uh, they've taken on this role of being, I don't know, the watchers of the Regina Public Library board and scrutinize everything that goes on there. So they were the ones to sort of like, they sent us a message and just said, hey, did you see this was going to be on the executive committee agenda? Uh, It was actually supposed to be on an earlier earlier meeting agenda, but it kept getting bumped. But And so here it is um, finally on the September 7th agenda. Uh, the last time, though, that the central branch was under threat was in 2011, when 
plans for a new central branch leaked online. The architect who had designed it uh, posted it to their own website as like, a, you know, showing off the work they do. And some Hawkeye uh, member of, ooh, what was it called? The Skyscraper Forum uh, back mm. in those days. Somebody on the Skyscraper Forum spotted it. And this this was a big scandal of sorts because this this plan for this new library first of all it was huge and glassy and shiny oh i remember that and it was going to be it was clearly going to be some kind of p3 because it included a hotel with the library so they had a local developer that was going to build the whole building and the library would just be a portion of this space but it had also included the land that the masonic temple is on historic building right and they had not spoken to the Masons about this. So the Masons were kind of outraged. Rookie mistake. The, the library was a little bit jumping the gun and just sort of assuming they'd be able to buy the Masonic, Masonic Temple to get this to go forward. And the uh, Masons said, no, they would not sell. Ooh. And as a consequence, the plan all fell apart. The library had started fundraising back then. And I don't know how they had they didn't really i don't know that they had a plan on how to like build this new library but here we are 11 years later uh it's going to be 11 years more expensive to build (laughs) this and they're talking about demolishing the current library and putting up a new one they've basically uh in their presentation they basically talked about how the price of a new build and the price of like built expanding on the site that they currently have because of the architectural challenges of trying to incorporate the old building into a new one, the costs are kind of comparable. And so they figured they would get more life out of a new build. So one obstacle they do have, they do have to like jump over if they're going to do this though, is that the current library is in the Victoria Park Heritage Conservation District, which says that all those properties that surround Victoria Park are effectively heritage properties. So they have all the same protections of a heritage building. Uh, You can't tear them down without council approval. You have to sort of maintain them in sort of period trim, right? So the buildings Mm -hmm. are supposed to like, you know, look nice from the outside and look sort of like as, as close as they can to when they were first built. Right. Um, So uh, yeah, so they'll have to get approval before they can tear the building down. And uh then the question becomes, if they do, like which period in the library's history, because the old Carnegie Library sat on that same space back in mm-hmm. 1912, like which period are they going to honor? Will they honor right. the modernist, um, I don't know what you'd call it, you know, mid-century modern building that we currently have or the older building? Uh, the current building is supposed to like sort of gesture towards that older building with its, it has like some some junk that they chunked out of the old library sort of spackled onto the side of the current building. So I don't know what they're going to do. They're saying that they, first of all, they have to get like a vote of their board that approves this recommendation to tear down and build new. And once that's done, they're going to go out to tender and and have like a, a full on international design competition for what to do with the site. And yeah, so that's, it's a little, the process seems to be a little bit more open than it was the last time they've come to count to an open meeting of council to announce all of this uh, before making the decision. The, uh, the, the general meeting of the uh, library board with the public is happening uh, from when we're recording this. I think it's happening tonight or tomorrow night. Ooh. Yeah. 
So I don't know, like people are pretty upset. They, they see the current building as a heritage property, even though it doesn't, it doesn't look like an old turn of the turn of the last century building, right? which is what we kind of think of heritage buildings being. Um, but that, that modernist style is worthy of preservation and that that building should be preserved just like any old building. Of course, in the, Her- in the Heritage Conservation District, there's not a lot of buildings that are being preserved particularly well. <laughs> it's also where we have the Gordon Block and the Burns Hanley Building, which are basically caving in because of mm, neglect. Right. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I would like to say, yes, let's preserve that, that building. Let's preserve that look. I don't feel it in my heart. I'll be, I'll be honest. I mean, that's, that's all I have to say on that. I'm like, you know, just, I'm, I'm to the point now where I'm just grateful that they're not going to turn it into a parking lot. Yeah. Quite. Well, I mean, I I hope nobody comes and tries to talk about the female contingent. Then, then it'll be a parking lot. Like before you can even blink. Yeah. 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 And I got to wonder too, like it, it almost feels like with public buildings in this city, uh, they're almost built to be disposable, right? Like the original Carnegie mm-hmm. uh, library lasted 50 years. This library is going to last about 50 years. Uh, in other parts of the world, the notion that a building only survives for 50 years would is mind boggling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I mean, we're talking about like, you know, the edifices of civilization, like a library that you put up uh, in your city. Like these are the things that are supposed to kind of anchor the architecture and the community in, in, right. in the center of your city. And we build them effectively to be, you know, throw them in the bin every 50, every 30 to 50 years. So. Yeah. To be fair. I mean, we did build that giant bin and it's got to be used. So it's good. It's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> the economy of the city and perhaps the Southern half of the province is kind of bin based. So, yeah. you know, we've got to, got to feed that beast. Yeah. Um, maybe, you know, they could also make this the site of this new hockey arena they want. They could like twin the library with the arena. Oh, uh-huh. oh, that's an idea. Yeah. Yeah. We could, uh, we could like have, yeah, the floor could be like ice and, uh, yeah. people could play hockey like, uh, in the stacks. Yeah. Yeah. Or that could be the seating, right? Like just the <laughs> whole, like the stacks could be like the, in this big oval and you yeah. could sit there and you could like, read a book on, I don't know, sewing or Chinese history while you're watching a hockey game. Perfect. I think, and, I think you're really onto something here. Yeah. And you'd know that they would spend the money on climate control, right. For a change instead of, instead of, I don't know if you, do you remember when the current library, there was like this whole long period where the windows would leak every spring mm-hmm. and you would go into the library and they would put out like their, their, their climate control system was a bunch of plastic garbage bins that they would put out to collect all the water that was streaming through these windows. I said there was, we had a bin based economy. So, I mean, it's more, it's more like we, we generated like so many jobs in the production uh, of those bins. Yeah. So, and, and bin use. So that's, I think what's going on there, but yes, yeah. I do remember when, yeah, uh, we had, yeah. And it's, and it's, when people think of climate controlled buildings, they, you know, they think of that and they don't think of hockey arenas where you have to control the climate. So just fix your, fix your minds, people. They won't skimp on climate control in a hockey arena in this town. Maybe it's a library, but not. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Yeah. A a library hockey rink might, they might skimp out and 
people would suddenly find themselves wading through, you know, the rink instead of skating on. Yeah. And our um our sports facilities last longer than 50 years. So that's maybe true. that's a way to guarantee that we'll keep a library for more than half a century for a change. But I have I have another idea, one that does Ooh. not require something to be uh, in the building to be cooled to a point where you could have like a permanent ice surface. Okay. Instead of hockey, we come up with another sport. What what other sport is taking the Queen City by storm or pickleball. by pickle? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's by, not a bad idea. By Herkin, by Jerkin. It's, yeah. uh, it's an idea whose time has come. This is a really good idea. I'm 100% behind it. Twinning the, a new pickleball facility with the library. This is genius. Uh, no. Especially since the, the age group that plays pickleball tends to skew a little older. The mm-hmm. same kind of people who can still read paper books. <laughs> That's right. And, and young folks who come in and they want to use computers or, you know, the 3D printer or whatever. Yeah. I mean, makers and, and whatnot. They can, they can also uh, get in a round of pickleball. Yeah. Hundred while, you know, while while their stuff prints or their or their digital records are retrieved, I I don't know what young people do with digital things. So. They, they could three D print the perfect pickleball. They really could. Actually, three yeah. D printer would be ideal for pickleball. Yeah, it really would be. You know what I'd do? I'd three D print a pickleball player and and use the like like a Android printed pickleball player as a ringer to like. Nice. I mean, just to like practically your pick, practice your pickleball skills. I could, yeah, I could become like a better pickleball player without uh, the you know the humiliation of loss. Yeah. Uh, and uh, or I could just send the, my ringer in to to like decimate the competition. Right. Yeah. So, so would this you'd make like an actual robot or like an Elon Musk robot, which would just be like an acrobat with like a robot costume on top? I'd like to say the former, but it's probably going to be the latter. Yeah. Until I can get the resources and the technology for, for the robot. Right on. Okay. Well, that's a really good idea. And I think this all counts as an innovative revenue tool because twinning a pickleball facility with a library really would save the city an awful lot of money. It would. And probably, you know, the number of people who are playing pickleball, they would pay to go into the library then. They would. Um, it's a win, win, win all around. And on that note, we should uh, go to the pre-recorded innovative revenue tools. Woo. We're back from Innovative Revenue Tools. You know, you know what? Those tools, I have to say, were not only were they good, as always, they were so entertaining and so amusing that I think we should tax them or tax what? people for who listen to them. Shh. Careful now. Do, do you know where you live? Um, it's it's not the land of magical mill rate increases, is it? No, I guess it is not. No, but we do live in in the one place where amusement does get taxed, Aiden. So oh, your no. your little jest, your little jest about taxing amusement in this town in the Queen City—that's a thing we do. Ah, uh, what an ill-timed jape! Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, we do. Uh, the Queen City has a, an amusement tax, and it's 100 years old, this tax. Is it really? Yeah, which I guess, you know, it shouldn't be surprising. Like property taxes are probably a few hundred years old. Income taxes are a few. But just the notion that this municipal levy uh, was concocted here in the Queen City and 100 years ago, and we are still charging it to this day. Wow. On amusement. Oh, 
Like I knew, I knew, I knew we had it, and we've had it for a while, but I didn't mm-hmm. realize that it was that that ancient and venerable. Yeah. So apparently, uh, it was it, it was invented back in the days when they thought if you were leaving your house to find pleasure and enjoyment, clearly you were some wealthy, fancy man, <laughs> and you, sir, right. could afford to put a couple extra coins into the city coffers. Exactly. Yes, if you were, if you were probably going to like you know smoke tobacco and imbibe in the demon rum, yes, you could you could be taxed for for your entertainment on top of it. Yeah, because you know you're getting up to no good. So this is amusement not only can be taxed because you're wealthy if you're getting it, but it must be discouraged. You should be at home, sir. It is a sin tax, as they say. Yeah. So the yeah this this syntax was invented a hundred years ago. It used to be on like apparently it was on like all sorts of stuff like sports tickets, uh, the theater, um, the symphony, any anything that you went to outside of your home, you had to. And if you were if you showed even like the slightest bit of amusement or enjoyment, they taxed you. <laughs> Did they have people who walked the streets look trying to see if people smiled or laughed at things or even chuckled? I'm sure. But, uh, I'm sure. Ten percent tax on that that smile you just cracked there, sir. That's right. Did you you scoff? I saw you scoff. You a scoff law? I don't think so. Yeah. Twenty cents. What? But that's that's a week's wages, sir. I, I don't know where I'm, where I'm supposed to be or what time period I'm supposed to be in right now. But yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, apparently they apparently Jesus Christ. I think I'm just going to start starting every sentence I say <laughs> the, with the word apparently. It's like punctuation now. Uh, they got rid of it on most things. So uh, it used to be on rider tickets, of course. And so I think it was in the 1970s uh, that they got rid of it on the riders because the riders were struggling uh, financially. So they they took the ticket tax off to help the riders make their tickets more affordable. They took it off things like the symphony and, uh, you know, live theater and such. All those things were taken off. Uh, the one place that it remains today is the cinema. Moving pictures. <laughs> cinema. Yeah. And it's 10%. So every ticket to the movies that you uh, wow. you buy, the uh, it's it's like it's been bumped up by 10% of the base price. And uh, what's happened is now the PST has been expanded to also include cinema tickets. Right. And this is the local theaters. And there's only three of them. Now that the rainbow has closed, we are down to three mm-hmm. theaters in the city. So these three independent businesses said, uh, excuse me, uh, this is going to be putting our ticket prices up to, I think it was 21% uh, would be the total tax. Which uh, is kind of absurd. Yeah. So PST, a municipal amusement tax. Uh, and it would mean that our, t- our tickets are the most taxed movie tickets in the country. The only other place with a similar tax is uh, Winnipeg. Hmm. That's the only other municipality in the country that has that. So council at their last executive committee meeting uh, considered a report suggesting let's cut this tax in half. So from 10% to 5%. And uh, the Canadian uh, Cinema Owners Association, I can't remember what they're called, uh, they came. A representative came from Toronto and just said, "Look, this is so backward. This is an antiquated, outdated tax. It's time to just get rid of it. Uh, it's making theater tickets in Regina more expensive than anywhere else. And even by cutting our municipal tax in half, uh, that still leaves us the most tax 
cinema tickets in the country at 16% of the price will be taxed. Yeah. So it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Right. Yeah. yeah. And the, um, the representative from the Theater Owners Association made a really strong point, I think, which should have just, you know, convinced council to ditch the tax outright at that moment, which was if somebody came up with an idea for a revenue tool for the city that only impacted three businesses in the whole city, they'd be laughed out of Henry Baker Hall. It's so clearly on its face, utterly, utterly unfair that the city's basically balancing its books on -hmm. the backs of like uh, Cineplex, Landmark, and Galaxy, those three businesses. And the reason they're not going to get rid of it is that it's several hundred, like I think it's like $700,000 even reduced. Seven, did I say seven hundred thousand dollars? Yeah, yes. it's, it's a fairly large chunk of money. Like it's, right. you know, it's a it's a significant <laughs> chunk of a mill rate increase. So. That's 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 hard to walk away from. Yeah, yeah. So the mayor suggested in her post meeting scrum that perhaps we can think about getting rid, like that getting rid of the whole thing would be too difficult a thing for the city to contemplate doing all in one year. But of course, this is not the first time the idea of getting rid of it has come up and it's just kind of like been forgotten and forgotten and forgotten for years. Um, So she said, maybe we need to phase in the removal of this tax so that it's not such a a hit at budget time. But we're also going into our first two-year budget. So uh, we're guaranteed to have this amusement tax for at least two more years, uh, even Hmm. though it's at a reduced amount. Well, I'm glad uh, somebody somebody go tell the Rainbow Cinemas that they reduced the tax. I'm sure they'll be happy to hear it. Yeah. The uh, the delegations talked about how the former owner of the Rainbow Cinemas, the last time this came up, I can't remember, it was like earlier in the 2000s, it came up with to, to try and get rid of the tax. He came and spoke about how difficult it makes his business uh, that he has to charge this extra tax. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, perhaps you know, Galaxy Landmark, when they're charging so much for tickets, they can eat this, uh, they can eat this a little bit more easily uh, because it's not so quite so obvious. But, you know, the Rainbow Cinemas was charging two bucks for movies some nights or 250. So that would be what, like $2 and something? Mm-hmm. I don't know, I can't do the backwards math. Like two bucks of that ticket was going to the city. And so they were really only getting, no, not two bucks of that ticket, please. Like 25 cents. Yeah. Yeah, but still, yeah. I mean, that's 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 not that's not an insignificant uh, piece of yeah. the ticket prices when it adds up, especially okay. and movie theaters and are they are not high margin businesses. No, I mean, yeah, like 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 lots of hospitality and entertainment places, um, you just you sort of eke by just you know on on thin margins, uh, usually made up of places like the concessions. But I think the problem with ticket prices being high is it. No, but if, if people aren't buying tickets, nobody gets to the concessions in the first place. Right. So, so there you go. That's a really good point. Yeah. Um, can, just on the rainbows closing down, which is a tragedy. That was like a phenomenal theater. A sh- that was actually, you know, I went there more than any other place over the last few years. Yeah. It was, uh, so it, especially like once it switched to digital so that you could go there and see a second run film and the projection was effectively as good as it would have been at the Southland Mall th- uh, theaters. Yeah. It, uh, those, those $2 movies on Tuesday nights were, you know, such a bargain. And oh, they great. were showing second run movies, uh, kids movie matinees, mm-hmm. uh, art house 
stuff through is it was it studio seven they called it studio yeah, studio seven art house yeah. movies that was that was nice like stuff that you would not get like they wouldn't run at the larger theaters and stuff that you used to see say at the rpl theater but not so much these days yeah and they were also showing bollywood films and other like uh films from india oh right bollywood malayalam like various various uh you know different indian language indian language films yeah so it was a really important sort of like cultural you know place for Regina. like it served all of these like communities mm-hmm. in a way that uh other cinemas just aren't and other like venues just are not uh, uh serving them and uh the the indian films like that neighborhood has a very high concentration of people from India living in it. And there's right. all those um, those apartment buildings in behind Golden Mile. A lot of newcomers to Canada live there. And so, you know, the perfect market for that. But unfortunately, uh, COVID made it uh, difficult for that to stay in business. Yeah, that was yeah. a shame. That was a shame. Yeah. So I and uh, Stephen Whitworth of Prairie Dog Magazine made this point uh, to me about how in the coverage of Rainbow Closing Down, it was treated as though going there was uh, like a nostalgic thing. That going to the cinema is this old timey past that people, uh, you know, once did in the long ago. And, uh, you know, we're saying farewell to this relic of the past, but that, you know, movie going is not, you know, a dead thing at all. No. Like, I mean, it's, its demise has been predicted uh, you know, countless times over the last like 50 years. And it, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's still like a vital part of our culture. And yet uh, we, we seem to see a theater closing as just, oh, well, ho-hum, that's, you know, like records, that's old fashioned. We don't need yeah. that anymore. Like our yeah. library, let's just hold This old fashioned library. Yeah. Oh, we, that, that was the sound of the leopard, by the by. Mm. Is it Just well look. or unwell? Uh, who knows? It's it's mad and whiny. Yeah. That much we know. <laughs> mad, right. old, and whiny. Yeah. Yeah. But it, but but, it I keeps mean, us I figure, safe. Sorry, go on. It's true. I was going to say, uh, we, like provincially, they must cinemas must be doing well enough that the provincial government thinks they can milk a bit of money out of it. So, yeah. so there you go. Because somehow Saskatchewan is doing great, but... Uh, our government seems to like find more and more places to to pull money from our pockets and put it in theirs. Yeah. There you, go. you know, I think one of the things that's going on here is I've long suspected that um, because it is just Regina, right? Like in Saskatchewan, it's just Regina that charges this tax on movies. I think there might be something baked into, uh, you know, the the mind of the Regina citizen. I think there might be this like this, this superstition lurking in the back of our heads that pictures that move mm-hmm. are a, probably from Satan, that there's yeah. some dark magic, dark wizardry that makes these pictures move. Yeah. And we people ought not to be exposing themselves to the, to the black arts of cinema. Right. And so we have to tax it. It's true, because while you're sitting there in the seats enjoying those you know the, the the moving images before you satan is coming up behind you and and poking a small hole in the back of your head and drawing out your spinal fluid or your soul or something i, I don't yeah. claim to know why satan does what he does but he's doing it so that he can slip inside he's making mm-hmm. room 
for his satany self. That's that right. little hole in the back of your neck. Yep. I knew it. I didn't want to say this, this before, but yeah, that's what's yeah. going on. Yeah. So, you know, maybe, maybe the thing that we've, maybe reducing the, the amusement tax was a mistake is what I'm saying. Right. So we're going to get more holes in the backs of heads by now. Wouldn't that just be fine? Uh, so anyway, just so. Yeah. Yes, and no, I'm thinking maybe we should be talking about perhaps increasing the tax to 15% and perhaps expanding it. Wow. Other, other, other art forms that involve moving pictures. That's right. Or just people pretending to be other people because that's, that's an avenue for sin as well. That's true. That would prevent a lot of holes in the back of your head now. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that just be fine? Yeah. And incidentally, I jest, but guess what was discussed at this meeting? I, I am curious. They actually talked about, hmm, so should we perhaps expand the amusement tax to other things? <laughs> really? Oh my yes, God. 100%. Apparently there was a report done on this years ago where administration said, no, do not do this. This is a dumb <laughs> idea. Do not expand the amusement tax. I think it was actually like right at the beginning of COVID that they had this report. And uh, so, I mean, you know, COVID provided a pretty good rationale for not expanding a tax on, on, on entertainment. But at the same time, administration was like, no, don't expand the tax. But it was absolutely uh, an idea that was floated that perhaps we shouldn't get rid of the amusement tax. <laughs> we should put it on sports tickets, uh, theater tickets, just bring it all back because the city needs money because yep. uh, we've got stuff to do. It is hard to walk away from money once you have it. So yeah. I, 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 I'm not surprised, but I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> I was actually, you? Yeah. Anyways, we're on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. And we're Tuned the Queen's Improvement. Oh, sorry. We're tuned into the community. Yes. Well, CJTR is, I don't know about us. No, I mean, I don't know what we're tuned into. Certainly yeah. not the community. Uh, I think maybe we watched some moving images and we got trepanned by Satan. That's probably what happened. I so, want that on a t-shirt. I've been trepanned <laughs> by Satan. Regina. <laughs> trepanned by Satan. People will say, what is that about? And we'll be like, we forget. <laughs> We've been trepanned. You can't expect us to remember. <laughs> That's right. We, we, we only assume it was done for our own good. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I would totally wear that T-shirt. Um, <laughs> and a matching hoodie. Anyway. Yeah. So speaking of taxes, uh, the budget update was uh, released this week. Mm -hmm. Yes. Again, same executive committee meeting, September 7th. Uh, we, uh, according to the administration, uh, who basically ran through all of the challenges and all of the uh, opportunities, and there are more challenges this year for the budget than there are opportunities, uh, we're looking at about a 4%, a little over a 4% mill rate increase right now before the budget is finished. This is what they've, this is their estimated figure. I was never clear, actually, come to think of it, when they were making their presentation, I'm not sure if this includes the 0.5% annual mill rate increase for um, recreation that we're doing or the 0.45% mill rate increase mm -hmm. that we're doing for the stadium, which might have actually ended last year. I should check that. We might not be increasing the mill rate anymore for the stadium. We might just be coasting on the 10 years of uh, increases we've already done. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a 4% mill rate increase, uh, which is substantial, but it's certainly not the biggest we've seen in the last, you know, 
decade and a half. Fair enough. Um, yeah. But there was a little bit of drama. And uh, there was a meeting in the past, uh, I think it was June, when uh, Councillor LeBlanc passed a motion saying that, uh, you know, housing and homelessness specifically is a huge problem in the city. And we've had a plan to end homelessness on the books for uh, three years now, four years now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it was a five-year plan and we were almost done. And homelessness is worse now than when we started the plan to end homelessness. So he was like, I want in this year's budget, I want a line item in the budget for, you know, how much it will cost to end homelessness in Regina. I want that baked into the budget. Uh, a lot of people came out to that meeting and said, yes, we need this. We need like council to start taking its responsibility to homeless people. Seriously. It may, we city made a commitment to solve this problem and it is done next to nothing. It's time to step up. So that passed unanimously, which um, was amazing. And at this budget update, the administration had left out this line item they had actually included it in like a footnote effectively where they said they were not going to be putting it into the budget because um, it was an extremely expensive thing and it would crowd out uh, other priorities, excuse me, <clears throat> other priorities that uh, the administration was focusing on with this budget. And uh, Councillor LeBlanc called them out on it and nice. said, uh, you've got to uh, put it back in. And uh, administration said, well, you know, in years past, when large spendings were contemplated, they would be included in the budget report, but not in the budget itself. And uh, we'd like some guidance from council. Councillor LeBlanc responded with, <clears throat> what council wants to do today is immaterial. Council voted unanimously for this to be in the budget back in June. Council can say whatever it wants now. It has to go in the budget. So... The clerk agreed. You guys voted on this. We have to do it. City administration pointed out this is going to be $15.5 bil $15 <laughs> dollars per year to do this program. That is a 7%? No, I think it was a 5.5% mill rate increase hmm. on its own. So that would, okay, that would increase our mill rate increase this year from 4 to 9.5%, 10%. That's not small. Yeah. I'm just going to say that. That's that's quite that's a sizable mill rate increase. Yeah. That uh that would be a record, I do believe, for the city. I think we hit 9 I think we I think we had a proposed 9% one year that got whittled down to 6 or 7. But I don't mm. think we've we've I don't think we've ever like cracked double digits before. So, that is going into the budget for sure. Ooh. Unless this okay. is going to be going to council uh just this is a receive and file report, so it'll just be going to council. Uh, there may be some procedural hijinks that uh, Councillor Hawkins was not happy about this, nor was Councillor Bershani. And uh, so I would not be surprised. Councillor uh, Hawkins is just as much of a lawyer as Councillor LeBlanc. And uh, there may be some dueling lawyering going right. on over this, which I'm pretty excited to watch. The, yeah, I think ultimately the goal here to read between the lines a bit is that if this goes into the budget, this means that uh, a counselor will have to make a motion to remove ending homelessness from the budget. And then council will have to vote to remove it from the budget and not remove <laughs> any of these other things like 
a new arena, a new swimming pool, um, new roads. $76 million we're going to be pouring into the Arcola Avenue expansion. Uh, that, uh, that's like, what, four years of five mm-hmm. years of, uh, you know, ending homelessness if we didn't expand Arcola Avenue. So right. there are plenty of the, the police budget is $96 million left, or $92 million uh, uh, left. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say $15.5 million of the police budget is just scraping the rind off it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I wince a little bit at a mill rate increase of that size because, mm-hmm. because to break kayfabe, I'm a homeowner. You know, I, yeah. I'm not thrilled at this notion, but I think it's vital that we actually get serious about homelessness because this city, it's getting worse, and, but it's nothing compared to like larger cities that have even more pronounced problems and that and it's a terrible thing and you can't people if you if you want a city that's worth anything take care of the citizens the least the least of us as they say so yeah yeah. so i I like i like leblanc i really like that leblanc has forced the issue i think that's uh i I think that's kind of brave so good on yeah i guess this is our uh moment uh, where somebody tries to jump a shark. <laughs> That's right. This is That's the right. stunt. This is the stunt in 2022. Because yeah. this will this will all be going to the budget deliberations in December. So, man, what what if, what if this is like the episode where Joni like decides to try and like like join a folk music uh, competition? Oh my and god, I forgot about they, that. And they end up singing like a, like a rock song in a folk music style. Chills. All right. Well, on that note, we're pretty much out of time. We are out of time. All right. Uh, to play us out today. We've got a song here by Wade Secundiak that he uh, recorded, posted to SoundCloud. Uh, it's titled Our City is a Glacial Place. And it touches <laughs> on a lot of the themes that we've covered in today's meeting. Um, I don't know how to like end the show now. <laughs> we, had a, we had a system and now I've broken it by bringing in this foreign object. You, you've, you've, broken, you've broken the show. That's okay. Uh, yeah, let's, let's let's play us out with that song uh, before we hear it. You can listen to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR. Uh, community Radio, tune into the community. Uh, your hosts are Paul Shen, and Aiden Morgan, music by Guidewire, a.k.a. Ryan Hill. Uh, you can find us uh, Thursday evening, 7 to 8 p.m. Rebroadcast Monday afternoons, 3 to 4 p.m. Also on our Twitter account, Queen City AB, our website, queencityab.com. Plus, uh, we're at cjtr.ca slash podcast if you want to hear past episodes. Uh, coming up next, we've got the Nerdcore Cabaret, followed by more programming and then music all on through the night. Keep on improving, Regina, and here's Wade's Thanks, Wade, for letting us use your song. Indeed. 